This, this podcast, podcast is <laughs> This time, put it in mellow. What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you back to another episode of What If Tyler Perry Had a Writer's Room podcast here on the Black Tastic Podcast Network. I'm Panama Jackson, the host of this here podcast, and I am excited for today's episode for many, many reasons. The person that I'm doing this podcast with is uh, one of my best friends in life, somebody I've known for uh, 23 years at this point. Um, almost literally, I think in a month from now, would it be 23 years? Uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna get to his bio in a second, but I just want to go ahead and introduce one of my best friends, my brother, my homie, Dr. Manu Platt. What's going on, brother? <laughs> What's going on, Panama? It's so great to be here. You know, this is mixing of worlds. I get to be one of the cool kids with you doing this, so it's super exciting. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fun. I'm gonna read your bio, then I'm gonna explain to people why I have somebody with your particular background here on this podcast, outside of being a homie. <laughs> So this is, and I'm going to read you all, you all need to hear, I'm not going to do the whole thing because I can't, we don't have enough time to read this man's whole bio. And I also want to mention an omission on this bio that I'm going to take personal. My bad, my bad, I didn't update it I know it right right. now. (laughs) Dr. Manu Platt received his BS in biology from Morehouse College in 2001. We graduated from school together. He graduated from school together, and he got his PhD from Georgia Tech and Emory University's joint program in biomedical engineering in 2006. I could probably stop there, but that really wouldn't tell the story because this this shit is crazy. So he did his postdoc at MIT, and and I actually did not know this, orthopedic tissue engineering and system biology. I'm sorry, systems biology. Uh, Prior to returning to Georgia Tech and Emory, in the Joint Department of Biomedical Engineering in January 2009. So I don't even know what orthopedic tissue engineering is, because orthopedic is feet stuff, right? Feet and bones. Bones, too. Okay. All right. Listen, not while we're here. Just looked at the bio. I was like, what is this? (laughs) What is this shit here? His research centers on proteolytic mechanisms of tissue remodeling during disease progression using both experimental and computational approaches. Come on, English class. Yes. Good that reading. is a whole sentence in which I know what each one of... No, that's I was going to lie. I don't know what each one of those words means individually because I don't know what proteolytic means. But putting them all together, I genuinely have no idea what any of that means. What does that mean? Can you give me the, <laughs> can you give me the ballpark of what it is that you do exactly? For sure. So what do we do? So I'd look at how you go from healthy tissue to diseased tissue. Think about it. If somebody's going to have a heart attack... That artery, that artery that the blood travels through is nice and open when everything's good. But when you right. have that heart attack, it closes off and gets blocked. And we look at how that changes from the open to the closed structure. That makes sense? It does make sense. You can tell you have to explain this to people often in the all non-science the world. All, all the, the time, time, right? It's just that um, we all get together. We be talking about other things. So, you know, right. there you go. <laughs> right. This is the fun thing about doing these kind of discussions with your friends because especially when you include a bio... Like, I know all my boys, I know we're all accomplished and do cool things, but when you actually see people's resumes, you get impressed all over again. So you're a professor at Georgia Tech and Emory, or just Georgia Tech? You teach at Emory, too? It's a joint department, so I, I'm at both schools, exactly. Okay, all right. So you, you think I would know this. You think this would be something that I would know off the top of my head, and I feel very bad that I didn't. Um, and, it hurt, and it hurts. 
it should hurt. It should hurt. <laughs> in 2019, he became the deputy director for Georgia Tech's interdisciplinary bioengineering graduate program and also the diversity director for the NSF, which is the National Science Foundation, Science and Technology Center for Emergent Behaviors of Integrated Cellular Systems, a joint center between Georgia Tech, <laughs> MIT, and I don't know what UIUC is. What is that? University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Ah, okay. All right. Um, great school in the cornfield. Right. The great school. He was named an Emerging Scholar by Diverse Issues in Higher Education Magazine 2015, Atlanta 40 Under 40, by the Atlanta Business Chronicle 2016. Biomedical Engineering Society Diversity Award in Lecture in 2017. This must be an old bio because you got inducted into some special... Oh, snap. I forgot. Yeah, right. So, right. Yeah, I got inducted into AMB, which is the American Institute for Medical and Biological Engineers. And then I know what I left off, and I'm so sorry. As yes. soon as I what did you leave you, off? What did you leave year, off? It, now, it's on every other thing that I have, right? But this year, super excited. One of the most exciting awards I received over my career is I was in the Route 100 this year, and that, above all, was super fantastic. So thanks to the Route, thanks to Panama for the nomination, and what an experience. That was pinnacle peak. It's like getting the NAACP Image Award. Listen, can't lie, first thing I look for on your bio, and is the first thing I noticed that was missing. <laughs> like, how does, listen, we had a whole conversation about being uh, noticed by the black people and by yes. your folks. And I was so, like, how? But then I was like, this must be old because it doesn't include the the other thing you just mentioned too. So true, because this one is from February 2018. So yeah, right now, look, you're a scientist. Why are you on this podcast? Let me tell you why Dr. Manu Platt is on this podcast. <laughs> because as he said, we're all homies. We never talk about our personal, like, professional endeavors. We talk about the shenanigans and nonsense. And one thing all of our our whole crew has in, our whole crew has in common is our love for black art and black cinema. In fact, Manu and I share a love for bad black cinema, actually. We do. Yes, we do, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Now, listen, I do, and it hit me. I caught a lot of flat when, I'm going to tell this quick story. I convinced my whole crew, sophomore year at Morehouse, took 10 people, guys and girls, to go see Twa. And when I tell you, they all cussed me out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we were leaving the movie, but I do support black cinema, okay? So I'm going to say that's where things start to turn around and, you know, me, but then the other people have fallen off, but Panama has definitely been the one we connect on these bad black movies, though we want them to be good, but go ahead. Sorry, sir. <laughs> and I remember going to see Twa actually, and you left out the most important part. We happened to see that at a Magic Johnson theater Come on, in Atlanta, always. Georgia. Of course. Yeah, we saw that at one of the blackest places you could see a movie. I mean, we saw a movie that starred Kenya Moore. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it starred Kenya Moore. And Shazza Zulu. A, I, I think he had a real name, but it's Shazza Zulu from a different right. world. And <laughs> there was a snake in a car at some point, I do believe. Or is that a different black. movie? That could be. I'm, I could be mixing it up my black, my bad black movies. Oh no! It had old girl from Players Club in it too. No wait, she was in Twa too. Not the Monica first. Calhoun. Yeah, she was she in like was in Twa, Twa too. Twatu. Oh, and it had Spawn in there. Um, uh, Michael J. White. Yes. 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 The, the point is, <laughs> Manu shares a similar love for black cinema that I also have. And sometimes that wades us into waters that we probably have no business wading into. <laughs> and I love it. So that brings us to where we are today. But before we get, in, before we get into the movie we're going to talk about, which I haven't even mentioned yet, but it's Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor which I'm actually really excited to do this movie 
Mm -hmm. uh, for many reasons, and we're going to get to those. What are your favorite movies? Like, if you had, like, I don't care how many you got. Give me two, three. If you have five, what are your favorite movies? Okay, so legit, again, there's a two side of me. There's a nerd side, and then there's the whole black side. My favorite movie of all time is actually The Matrix. I just love it. It came out. Okay. It's just so innovative, pushes alternate reality, plus there's science and engineering involved. I love it. It just, uh, everything about it makes me amazing. But okay. then after that, I've got to go with Bamboozled <laughs> because, you know, I messed with okay. Spike and I love reality TV. And I think Spike was ahead of the curve when he did Bamboozled. So he was. Love I think it's, it's my, I think it's my favorite Spike Lee movie, actually. Favorite Spike? And then, of course, I got to give you a Poetic Justice because I'm a Janet Jackson fan. I can quote Poetic Justice throughout many situations happening in real life. Because I feel like that movie just, it's so applicable to our day-to-day -day situations, even though I've never lived in Southern California. Definitely pointing justice those in there. Then I've got to also take it back to Fight Club. I just, Fight Club is just a movie. Anytime Fight Club is on, which is rare, I watch it. I own the DVD, pop it in maybe once every three months. But so my movie spans all of that. But then another movie that just takes us back to where we are going today, two movies that I have to fight people over, that are good okay. movies that I will fight people over. Because, you know, all y'all uppity blacks like to act like these weren't good movies and they made us look some kind of way. Soul Plane and Baps. Incredible movies. Holly Berry should have won an Oscar for Baps and not for the other one. But those not are two. That, ball. That's it. But Baps and Soul Plane. Holly Berry was totally like playing a different. Oh. Those are my two movies that people want to fight me over. I, I'm with you on Soul Plane. I actually think Soul Plane gets an entirely bad rap. It gets, exactly. for some reason, it's like the poster child for bad black movies in the way that we turn Soldier Boy into the poster child for like <laughs> rap's decline in some way. And I don't think either is fair. I actually like Soul Plane. I, I think it's a funny movie. So I'm with you, you on that one. Baps is a little bit friends. harder sell, but I haven't watched Baps in a long time. So maybe I need Dude. to go back and rewatch it. And Baps is touching and sentimental at the end. It is hilarious. Natalie DeSalle, who was like the B-movie black actress back in the day with Bill Bellamy and Players. players oh, that's club, right. Players, yeah. Players, uh, how to be, uh, how to how be a player. player. Yes. Yep. It's dope. Check it out for all the readers. Okay. For the I'll go back and rewatch BAPS. It's got to be on some streaming platform at this point. It's probably on Netflix. And it looks like I'm coming on Insecure. I think uh, our girl Kelly is about to do um, Holly Berry's character during the Halloween episode coming up on Insecure when I saw like this upcoming season. So that's check it right. Out. That's right. Let's okay. love ourselves, so, black people. Love ourselves. Love ourselves. I'm with you. So where do you stand with Tyler Perry movies specifically? <sighs> so this is the challenging question. So I was not a Medea person. So the other thing, maybe I was going to, so we, we met at Morehouse. I used to do theater also, right? So I was a scientist right. doing theater and I had to let go to theater to be a scientist. So I believe in plays and theater and the Medea craze was hitting and I just, it didn't catch me. But then when Diary of a Mad Black Woman came out, all these people were like, yo, it's so good. It's this and that. And I love Kimberly Elise from Set It Off. And right. so I uh, went to see that joint and it starts. And then I love old boy from The Practice, Steve Harris. So watching that, I'm like, oh, wow, serious movie. And then as everybody knows in that movie, which you're going to do later, I think, it takes mm -hmm. a turn. And I was like, right. what in the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had to look at people who told me how deep it was in a different way. So I don't go see all of his movies. I appreciate what he's doing. I clearly live in Atlanta. I appreciate what he does for the culture, for the community. But I also have known people who've worked at Tyler Perry Studios. And that also has helped color me in a different way. 
but here's where I fall. Wait, a good this. or bad way. It's colored you in a good or bad way. You could be diplomatic if you need to, but good or bad way. It's things that everyone has known to be true and that the speed gotcha. at which things happen, things might get sacrificed due to the speed, right? That is a very but diplomatic response. Say, there we go. But in my own defense, though, I love the haves and the have-nots. I watch that TV show religiously. I won't miss it. And so there's parts of it that I just love, but I just don't do the Medea characters. But that poem at the end of the one that had Maya Angelou in it at the funeral, man, tears. If I just watched just that scene, I think it was the family, the whole family, the Medea family. I think the family. whole the family reunion. Family, family reunion. reunion. Yeah. Man, that um, I was always there for you and you were always there for me, that Maya Angelou poem, tears. So he takes me through things, but create, okay. creatively, I question certain things. But he can I mean, I think that's where I think that's where most of well, I won't even say most of us. A lot of us, you call us the bougie black folks, whatever. I think that's where a lot of us are with Tyler Perry's films. There's certain things. It's like, why did you sacrifice that for the for the larger goal that you also missed in general? Sometimes, like you, yeah. you didn't even get where you were trying to go, and then you 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 lost everybody else by giving up this little. And and this is so this movie that we're gonna do, I think, speaks to some of that. So. Let me get into the quick intro of this movie. <laughs> We're doing Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, which came out March 29th, 2013, and stars... It actually has quite a few names, so to speak. So we have Pass. Journey Smollett-Bell, Lance Gross, Kim Kardashian-West, Vanessa Williams... You added Ellen in that Joyce. West. You added in that West. That was contemporary, but go ahead. <laughs> she's married. You know, she's married. Um... Brandy, Brandy Norwood, Brandy's in it. Ella Joyce, that's a pretty good. I mean, that's those are the the the, the most significant. And Robbie Jones, who I I know I've seen him in other things, but I never heard of him really until I guess maybe this movie's my first time seeing him. For the sake of this podcast, if you're okay, I'm gonna call him the dude who looked like he's from Onyx. If you're okay with yes, that. he does. That's, I, I think that's very like, fair. Dude from Onyx, no, but look like dude from Onyx. Okay, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Interestingly enough. This well, so Rotten Tomatoes. This movie got a seventeen percent on the tomato meter. Wow, dog. So wow. it is low, which I'm not surprised by this because of the perception about this movie. When I think Temptation, I think pure trash. Like that's literally what I think when I think this movie. Now, the audience score though is sixty six percent. So I don't really know how to reconcile those two numbers, but I guess. Do you know like Do you know TP's averages among his movies on Rotten Tomatoes? No, so I do know I can do Bad All by Myself was his highest rated movie. Okay. And that was a like 61%. But that had like an 88% audience score. Okay. Um, okay. But most of the movies tend to be in the 30 to 40 range. I think, I looked at this a couple weeks ago. So I think it's like the 30 to 40 range. So they're not, this is one of the lower rated ones. I do know that. Um, I think this and Acrimony, which are unsurprisingly <laughs> towards <laughs> towards the bottom. But yeah, this has, like I said, Journey Smollett Bell. It has, it has some moderate, moderate celebs in it. Interestingly, this movie uh, was nominated for the Golden Trailer Awards and for the... Po- that's unimportant. What is important is that this movie was nominated for Razzies in 2014, oh. where Kim Kardashian uh, West won the Worst Supporting Actress Award. Shut and up, up, Tyler up. Perry was nominated for Worst Director, but he did not win. And this movie, he is not in any of this movie. He's not in this movie. That I've been listening to your other to podcast, right? And he did not make any appearance at all, which is interesting. I wonder if there's a reason. I'll let you think about that. Okay. All right. Now, the synopsis of this movie on IMDb 
is an ambitious married woman's temptation by a handsome billionaire leads to betrayal, recklessness, and forever alters the course of her life. Oh is that God. a fair synopsis? You think you think they got that? I feel like they left a lot on the table. I don't think she was that ambitious to start with, but yeah, the forever I mean, altering yeah. her life is also got some judgment in there. But continue. You could, right, right. But go off. Um, <laughs> so. You watched this movie yesterday, or before, in preparation for this part. I did as well. Like, I, ha- I don't think that I've seen this movie in maybe... It came out in 2013, so I probably haven't seen this movie since 2013, maybe yeah. since then. Yeah. Which is funny, because I have such a visceral reaction to how bad this movie is, right? In my mind, this is a purely terrible movie. And I'm going to say something controversial. I had a different experience watching it yesterday in terms of just how bad it was. I don't I, think, but let me let me tell you. You went why. up or down, up or down, up or down. You went up or down. So it's it's up with a caveat. Okay. I now remember why I had such a visceral reaction. The last seventeen minutes of this movie are possibly the worst seventeen minutes of a movie <laughs> ever. Like it goes full Tyler Perry in yeah. the last seventeen minutes of this movie, and I know this because what I was doing while I was watching it is I kept stopping to see where the time was because I was gauging. <laughs> like in 20 minute intervals to see if I was it, how much I hated the movie. By the time I got to like 24 minutes, I was like, okay, so it hasn't, I don't hate this movie yet. I got to 50 minutes, I was like, okay, this is not, I don't, I remember this being worse. It's not bad yet. Yeah, yeah. I got to like 120, I'm like, okay, this is weird because I'm not hating this movie right now. Yeah. And then it happens. Dude, and then it, he goes, it, 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 it's like at the, the point where he goes to pick, uh, uh, Lance Gross's character, Bryce, goes to pick up his wife from, Listen, it's fine. Look, when he goes to pick her up from the house and Tyler Perry exhibits what looks like hedonism to him. So you got two men kissing, you got guys with tattoos and women everywhere just like come. It's like, oh wow, here go here goes the moral messaging. Here goes here with goes. Liquor. They have liquor too. With liquor. There's liquor there. So this is where it all this is the point. And that's like the one, it's like an hour 35 minute mark. That's where it all goes off the rails. From that point on, when he goes to pick her up, it goes entirely downhill. And that's because, not to dude, say it was a good movie before that, but it wasn't a, it wasn't, it was just a lifetime movie before that to me. So this is where I was actually surprised myself and I rewatched it yesterday. Now, full disclosure, when I first went to see it, I went with my friend that at the time was working at Tyler Perry Studios. He was like, let's go to this movie theater, movie and let's all just laugh. So there were three of us that went, or maybe three or four, four of us that went, and, you know, we went to one of those movie theaters where they serve with the waitress and the food and all that, and we snuck in a bottle of Covassier. Okay, so that's going to give you, like, a you. context. Right, so we ordered Pepsis or Cokes and then, like, topped ourselves off while, you know, whatever. And I remember being so mad in the movie theater at how bad and how pissed I was at the movie. But watching it yesterday, I calmed down a bit. And like you, I was like, this movie actually... Is not that bad, or not? Ter- it actually is a fine enough movie. It's got great right. production quality. The the images look good. The the soundtrack is crazy, and and then I get to that point where you're talking about, and I was like, ah, oh, see, that's it right, goes. it was coming. But it was actually, I was so shocked watching it. Like I am not angry the whole movie like I thought I would be. Dude, and then it takes a turn, and I'm a little bit crazy, but not angry. So time heals all wounds, bro. So I was excited when it took the turn, actually, because I'm like, now I remember why I hate this movie. 
<laughs> now I remember why everybody was like, this is the worst movie ever because it go, it gets so bad. Like There's it like gets so bad. Like, Yo. Oh. Yeah. It, well, it's from that mo- moment on. I mean, you get the, you get. Well, no, wait, the, now let the, me, no, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop, you know, cause that okay. moment happens after Vanessa Williams has dropped her French accent. Right. So listen, <laughs> when she dropped, that's when it's like, Ugh. So my first note that I actually wrote down when I was taking notes, and this is why does she have an accent in this movie? Like, what purpose does this serve? Like, but I completely forgot that she got checked on the accent later in the movie. Like, I, I completely forgot that. I, you know you're from Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I forgot Vanessa Williams was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even remember she was in this movie. I didn't remember that Ella Joyce was in this movie. Like, I didn't... All I remembered was Lance Gross and... I remember Lance Gross, and you gotta wait. HIV, you gotta remind the audience. Brandy. Ella Joyce. Ella Joyce is Rock's wife. You gotta tell everybody that. For people I yeah, age, Rock's, you know, wife. Rock's right, wife. Right, right. And in my memory... So I remember that Brandy had HIV. But yeah. for some reason, I, rem- I also felt like there was gonna be a big fight scene with Brandy in it. But I think I was mixing, like... What was she, was she in? I Know What You Did Last Summer? Or she no, was I in one of the movies. Well, she was also in Love and Hip Hop um, Hollywood where Ray J was. And so she showed up and maybe was going to fight Princess. <laughs> so maybe you're thinking about it that way. And Who knows? The, yes, I watch Ratchet Reality TV as well as supportive black cinema. Continue. So there's a lot of science in that brain. You got to go the other way to get the entertainment, right? If you had asked me before yesterday what I would have rated this movie, I probably would have gave it like a two. Maybe a one because I just remember it terribly. Yeah. After watching it yesterday... I'm going to have to give it, listen, I want to, if it wasn't for the, how bad the end was, I probably would have been like, maybe this is a four, but it goes so far off the rails. It's, it's stuck at a three. Three is like, I, I can't give it anything. More I have to give it a, I got to give it a six. Oh no, I'm I got a five. Out of five. So you give it a three too. Yeah. You So you basically give it a three too. I'm between, I'm, I wanted to say seven, but I said six to be cool. I would okay. probably give it a three and a half to four. Cause I wasn't mad. I wasn't fully mad, except the messaging at the end pisses me off. Well, the messaging is bad. So, okay. Yes, yes. But the messaging in the movie is ridiculous to begin with. So, right. you know, it has the very, has the, um, well, let, let's, let's start okay. at some of the things where, Come on. Let, let's just go ahead and start at some of the things that jumped out to me before we get into like uh, talking about how we would fix this and, and whether, we, whether we could. So when, even when the movie opens up, who the hell marriage counselor has an office in what looks like a social worker's office? Bruh. Where, where like, it looks like it, it looks like he took the he took the, the setting from Precious and stuck a counselor's office Bruh. right in the back. I was like, what? What counselor has here? a desk between them and their clients? The desk is a barrier. I was like, this is not how this goes. There's no connecting with your clients with a big desk in the between you two. But why I was is it so loud in there? Like, is, is this the low budget counselor? Like, is she the low budget marriage yeah. counselor? Is it, it definitely does she do this on defender. the side? Right. It yes, was public right. defender marriage counseling. Right. It yes, right. <laughs> like, does she do this on? Does she like moonlight during the day on the side? Like, they're like, listen, you can probably squeeze a session in. Oh, and this is this is another. So let's you know what? Let's just, let's just jump into the 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 good and the bad things, all right? Because I think we can we'll, we can probably okay. get through a lot of this. So I'm not even saying that was bad. It was just dumbfounding, right? Right. But I was so surprised by that scene. And then one thing I hated about this movie was how they, because the film clearly telegraphs itself from the beginning, they used a different character for Journey Smollett's old version of herself to... Was that a different the, woman? 
That was a different actress? Yes. That wasn't Journey Smollett at all. Her name is like Candace Cole or something like that. Candace oh, Cole. Like someone different. So let me be and careful I think about they what o- I say about older. they only did that. Yes. Okay. They only did that because they were trying, they wanted to be a story where it gets revealed at the end that, oh, it's actually her she's talking about. Though she starts out, I have a sister, but there's never a sister in any of the damn like montages. Because they want you to know, her. but that's great. You know, when people say, well, my friend is living this. So she said, my sister. Right. I didn't know that was a whole different actress because I don't do all the research you do. But okay. Because I'm going to yeah, talk about I that. Re- I didn't remember her at all. I was like, Because when we get back woman? to the end, I'm going to talk about the differences of the two when they were older. But keep going. Go ahead. Right, right. So that was, that was, that was a little odd to me. But largely, when I was watching this movie and I kept looking for bad things to happen. But mm-hmm. it's a fairly, outside of the the rote, stereotypical Tyler Perry overly messaging of Bryce is the wholesome husband who is content with this very quiet life, just him and his woman. And, you know, he he's forgetful. You know, he you know he's not perfect. He forgets a birthday, but he cares. So and he just wants to be there. You're being nice. You're being nice, my friend. He has glasses on. You're being nice, my friend. You're being nice, my friend. Okay. Here's some big issues that I had early on. Okay. That were like, what? I love it when they were kids, blah, 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 blah. First thing that happens, though. Well, I'm going to bring up this first before I talk about the second one. Okay, so Kim Kardashian, I think she actually really did a decent job in the movie. Right? I think she played Decent herself. is about... the de- Decent right. is her ceiling. That's right. her like, ceiling. Oh, decent is her I ceiling. Look, right. I look cute. I want other people to look cute. We're going. But when she asked this question, and this is so funny, she said, oh, you grew up below the Mason-Dixon line. My God. Calling her okay. country. But now here's the thing. Washington, D.C., where they were Bro, living, is below the Mason-Dixon line. I literally wrote that down. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Let's talk about you're, it. You're below the Mason-Dixon line in yes, D.C. You're literally you there. You are. So it what, ain't like what the, are oh, and If then, there was and a then, writing room, somebody would have checked that fact. And said, oh, no. they would, But they would have checked it before that. Because she says, yeah. where are you from? She says, Belvedere. Oh, down south. So they lumped the whole South into this conservative side. Like, yeah. they, they didn't even give her a place to be from. They just gave her a random name in the whole South. Exactly. So they could say it's below the Mason-Dixon line, which means you're just a country bumpkin. Although they are living and working below the Mason-Dixon line. So now, to what be is fair, that yeah. actually, not even to be fair, this is just something that the world needs to get better. We have this whole Mason-Dixon line as the South barrier. I yeah. don't think people know where that shit is. I really don't think people know where the Mason-Dixon line actually is. I agree, but it is true. The South is yes, below the yes. Mason-Dixon line. D.C. is South. Listen, you talk to me from the Northeast. As an actual Southerner, we have this dispute on this. There's listen, dispute on this. I'm an actual DC Southerner. DC I'm an South. actual... No, listen. We can fight about that another time. We have so much more to fight about because this movie <laughs> makes you put them pause on, makes you want to put the pause on. Okay, okay so let me give you my other thing about right, D.C. Go ahead, let's go. How you feel. Because this is also what got me that was like, really? These are decisions. It starts off with, ooh, he wanted to be a pharmacist and this and this and that. In a small pharmacy. Right. And they moved to Washington, D.C., where the cost of living is beyond. I don't know where they shot those films of this small pharmacy in D.C., maybe Southeast, maybe. But it's just like, what sense does that make to move to the big city to be a small pharmacist? Yeah. I want to know where they went to college because how do they end up in D.C.? Like, I've always wondered that. Like, where... You know, and, and furthermore, and you got to get a farm D to be a pharmacist. So if you got a farm D, that's accelerated education, graduate education. And they're only 25 years old. They're only 25 years old because remember, she was about to have her 26th birthday. And she was uh, mad. Right. She was mad. So, right. So she was about to turn 26. So they're mad young. Um, farm D, he could have, you could finish a farm D by 25. You could. But they okay. didn't talk about his degree. And then you move to the big city to be like, 
I didn't get it. And in a place, so let's talk about her job. In a place that <laughs> values, values aesthetics it. over almost everything, one, why did she decide to apply for that job? How the hell did she get that job? Like, what what happened? You got to tell people what her job. Tell people so what her, her job, job is. She's the lead therapist or something like what I don't know. That. In-house she said, counsel. She said, I'm in-house, the in-house counsel. Yes. Right. She's the in-house for a matchmaking service, a, a, billi- <laughs> a millionaire, billionaire, high elite level matchmaking service. So she, she handles counselor for a matchmaking. So she's the one that comes up with the questions and does all the 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 psychometrics of the whole of analyzing people's compatibility and stuff like that, which they play up when she's helping Onyx dude. <laughs> okay, whose name is Harley in the movie. Let's talk about that part, okay? Because he has filled out her survey that. For those of us that do surveys inside, we'd imagine it's 20 to 30 questions. And he's like, won't you tell me about me? She looks at the questions, which I'm assuming are A, B, C, D, plus, right. minus, whatever. Well, this says that you are this and this and this and this You're and that. You're kind of mean. You're I'm like, what? Just from looking at it? <laughs> oh, Crazy. she's good. She's good. She, she's good. I'm going to give you that then. She's just that good. Because, you know, I like to, what, what I think that we both have had to do when we watch these wonderful black movies is suspend reality. Like, I think the people who want to nitpick everything, they miss the whole point. We can accept, oh, wow, she is so good that she can look at that survey and just really pinpoint what his his style is. Wow. Dude, that's why I call this the Tyler Perry Cinematic Universe. It's a world that exists entirely outside the realm of the rest of our reality. Like, anything Incredibly competent people. Incredibly competent people. She can't dress for nothing. And we don't know how she got this job or why this is the job she applied for. But wait, but wait, but wait, but wait. Her husband tells her in 10 to 15 years, yes, he does. you can have your own practice. It's going to take her 10 to 15 years to save up to log online for LLC. <laughs> Listen, that's all I know. Which, Keep going. So I don't the know funny about part it. about that is that's I think that's the part that's supposed to illustrate his lack of ambition and his just happy to be happy to be there with her desire for something more. Right. His 10. 10, 15 years we can do it. And she's just like, that long? Like, it's going to take that long for us to, to get with it. Which, which allows, so she, they're already having, they're already having those issues because she apparently wants so much more. She wants to open her practice. And that's where Buddy comes in, Onyx Dude comes in. And he's just, he's got that certain whatever that she sees that just gets her excited. And he's also uh, a sexual assaulter. Uh, Talk about it. In many ways, I mean, he did it verbally, jump to that? he did it physically. Are we going to jump to that? Let's jump to that point. Because I'm going to tell you, I remember in the theater when I first saw it, this is the part that upset me the most in a couple of ways. Because she continues to say no throughout this thing, right? Right. And I'm like, they're really showing him raping her, assaulting her, or whatever, and then later she goes back for more. Now, I know these are confusing things that happen and when these things happen, like right. it's, but it was, the way it came off the first time to me was this glorification of him and that he dominated her and that made her want him more. Right. And I was just blown by that as a message, like beyond, because then later there's a part where of course there's physical abuse where he hits her, which I've always known is happens in every Tyler Perry movie. Right. Yeah. And which I, I don't ever like that. That's always a theme that's happening. And it's the dark skinned guy 
that hits her. So if you ever got casted, you would never have to hit her. You would catch her when she falls to the ground, Panama. So congratulations. But yep, that, that whole thing, <laughs> that whole thing, that really took me to a place of like discomfort watching the movie for me personally. It was. It was cringeworthy. So I was watching that cringing at it. Like, oh, my God, like this is like, is he about to do this? Are they about to show this? But then he ends up dropping her off at home and she's like, I never want to see you again. The parents are there and all that. And then, you know, her church mother, Then you can't say parents, her her church mother, her godly church mother mother is there. Go ahead. But then he sees her at she sees him at work the next day or whatever. And then she's just like, how are you going to ignore me? Like all of a sudden, it's like that. It's crazy. Yes, it was. He it assaulted is. you the night before, and now you're like, you didn't even say hello? I just, this is, I'm sorry, I know that's a later section, but this is where a writer's room would have been like, wait, 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 wait. Maybe she would have rolled out and yelled at him. Maybe she would have rolled out and did something. But to be like, you didn't say hello, uh, I don't know To about the that. point where she's calling, or they, they get on the phone, and she's like, you know, you're just not going to talk to me? And he's like, I'll right. come pick you up now. And she's going to bail on her family to go do that. Like, that's the one. That's that's the part about Tyler Perry movies that always, always struck. It's the extremes in which things happen. Like the, you know, right. people always talk the lack of nuance or lack of subtlety. There is just nothing that implies the the possibility of this stuff. It's just, I just need this to happen in order to advance the story. So yeah. it's just gonna have. She's gonna have to go over the next day to being like, yo, did we? I need this. I need this to pop off, kind of thing. And I gotta bring this up because, you know, Panama, you met my mother, right? Church mom, like Jesus got her on the main line, right? So I know what that is. If your mama pop up and something ungodly has gone down and then she pop up, they don't let up. And I think Ella Joyce played that well, where she was like, she right? she good job. what are you doing? And then kept hounding her. And I just want to ask you, you were married, brother, because what kept continued to be a telltale sign, every time Journey Smollett, who I love, because I remember her back from Full House days, and then when they had the whole show where they was all in that little house and the guy, the oldest, anyway. Right. What is that for the husband? Like, when your wife continuously, or husband, for other people, wants to always take a shower, is that is that a sign? Because it seemed like every time she was ready to take a shower, she was fighting for this shower. It's like, oh, she done did some old devil shit. I think I would assume if it's outside of the norm, like, most times you kept seeing her just come home and just kind of whatever, just, like, chill out. But if every time she's coming home after some short stint out or whatever, she's got to, it's like, no, I need to go get right here. You you would, I think, over time, maybe the first time you don't think anything of it. I think over time you start to wonder, like, what's what's really going on? Like, why is it? Then you start creating the scenarios in your head of, like, what's, okay, I just had just to go to work. My boss called me into work. Come home. I got to take a shower. I got to take a shower. I got to take a shower. But see, that's I'm the other shower. thing. They kind of played it so that Lance Gross was not that attentive to her, right? Like, that was the whole thing. He just wasn't... He didn't even notice when she walked out of the door to go meet up with him. He was watching a football game, right? He didn't even notice. Like, she she all out left, was at dude's house in his clothes on the table, My throwing God. food, getting mad at him and stuff like that. Doing and then okay. comes back home. Comes back home and he's just asleep. So it's like, there's no... He didn't and even notice or up. care. Mama pops up because Jesus woke mama up and said, let's talk to your daughter. Okay, I just I just know what yeah. that church mom is who stays on that ass. And yeah, she called him the devil. She was like, that's the devil. That that devil, that... that she and knew, she knew she quick. She knew quick. She was right. She was right. So one, there's one... Um, And I guess we're not going in a specific good, bad order here, so this is going to be just fine. I got to say, this is a good thing. I got to say this about this. Typically in Tyler Perry Productions, the 
uh, wardrobing, makeup, and all that stuff mm, is suspect, the wigs suspect. are. And th- there's there's bad wigs that appear. And the Tyler was not gonna let it happen. Right. Where this whole thing went off without a bad <laughs> wig. So he got right. his bad wigs in there. He did. He but did. <laughs> Journey Smollett looked good in this whole the movie. The whole movie. Oh, like, I was actually like, I was stunned. I was like, yo, she is stunning in this movie. Like, I've is- always thought she was pretty. And again, even in her bad clothing, she's amazing looking. Pretty girl. They, her make. She brought in her own people is what I'm assuming. Like, they brought her own people in. You think she, she was, had enough money to do that? You think she had enough money to do that? Maybe Kim, that family maybe got. Kim Kardashian West, as you like to keep saying. Maybe she shared. I, listen, maybe. Maybe. Because she looked really good She's in this movie. Girl. Like, it's the, yeah. it was the thing that stood out to me most. I was like, man, I don't remember her being this striking in every scene. Even when she's disheveled, at all times, she looked, she looked remarkable in this movie. And I was yes. like, okay, so they... they Somebody sprung, whoever it was, somebody sprung for a little extra money in the budget to make sure that she looked good in this movie. Maybe she's a natural beauty and nobody had to pay for it. That could be it, but I also now, saw uh, she was in the, the Great Debaters and she didn't look bad, she but she didn't look enough. like this. She didn't look like this, though. Like, this was, this okay. was, even when they tried to make her look homely, they could, they, when, when they tried to do it with clothes, I'm like, she looks fine. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, she's, a, right. she's clearly a pretty girl. Like, you're not achieving that purpose. Yeah, because she's not the woman that you can achieve that purpose with. I agree. I agree. Um, but let me so ask you did this. a really good job with that. Let yeah, me ask up? you this. So what people might not know about Panama, maybe they do know, is Panama is quite fluent in French. So my question <laughs> for you, <laughs> and he had a French minor at college, and he was fluent from like grade school. I don't know. My question for you is... Not as fluent anymore as I used to be, but I'll take it. I'll take tell it. Tell me... Tell me about Vanessa Williams' accent. And were you convinced that it was... Were you like, oh, she's taking me back to my homeland. What were your thoughts on Vanessa Williams' No. My notes actually were, where is this accent from? <laughs> why, like, why does she have an accent and where is it from? Like, that, that's literally what I was like, huh, I wonder where this accent is supposed to be. So when it was the whole French thing, I was like, oh, that's supposed to be a French accent. <laughs> I, think that, I think that means you did a bad job with this one. I was like, like, maybe I, I need Panama means... to do a translation for me. I'm not sure what she said. She said, Cherie, and au revoir. <laughs> but it was one of the... It's one of those things, though, like, why even do that? Like, there's always these moments in these movies that are unnecessary. Like, you don't need... There's always these little bits of conversation that are unnecessary. Like, so if, I'm, if I'm... If if we're looking at the script, and I'm like, I'm like, guys, why, why, does we, why are we giving her a French accent? Is it necessary? Does it affect anything? Like these are where we're, the clientele is rich men with money. Do they yeah. care that she's French? Is that gonna is that gonna bring in anybody else in the door that it would otherwise bring in? I don't because know because she's Vanessa Williams and she's beautiful. So that's the other thing we talked about. Journey. Vanessa Williams looked great. Kim Kardashian looked great. They all even Brandy. Brandy looked great. They all looked great. The women looked great the whole entire movie, the whole movie. So right. Vanessa Williams didn't need that accent to attract clientele because she's Vanessa Williams, right? Yeah. But I just wanted another. I was just curious yeah. if you could understand her better because you know you speak French. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't. <laughs> Literally try to place the accent myself. You know what I was wondering too. So, and this is this is one of those things where I think Tyler Perry. There's just unnecessary conversation. So when Brandy, we haven't really talked about. It. So Brandy's in the movie. Ooh, Brandy is Brandy. a woman who, as it turns out, is the ex-wife of Onyx dude. Yeah. Who is an abuser? And now, what they he's an abuser. He's a terrible human being. He's all he's all this. And he gave and her, he's a and billionaire. He gave her HIV. And he's a he's billionaire. A billionaire. He's, a billionaire. he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. But so here's here's the funny thing. 
I guess the assumption is he followed her to D.C. from wherever they came from, right? So he is, because he's there. He's in D.C. He, he has a whole house set up. He is all that. He is literally situated in D.C. Mm-hmm. The first conversation we have with Brandy, she's in there uh, talking to the owner of the drug, drug store. And this Who was is one a great of unnecessary. Character. But she was a she great was. character. She was ridiculous. But the, the first conversation they have with her is like, oh, so where are you from? Boston. And she had this look of like, oh, really? And it's like, well, what part? Have you ever been? I've never been to Boston. Okay. So what part? You don't sound like you're from Boston. It was just like, why is this a conversation? Even what neighborhood? Yeah, right. Where are you from in Boston? Roxbury. You don't know anything about Boston. Right. Why, why are we getting specific about something that matters not? So that we would know that Tyler Perry knows about Roxbury and Boston. That's the point of that scene. Funny you should say that. Because since this movie was supposed to be filmed in D.C., I noticed all the little subtle things they tried to show, like, oh, I know D.C., like Landover Park, which doesn't exist, not in the city. Like, all these little things that they were trying to create. I, uh, it was just a weird scene for me. Like, it was a conversation that felt like, like while, they're, while they're editing, it's like, you probably should cut this, guys. Like, this is, this is a bad combo. It's not working. Like, huh. it's just not working at all. They're going to think she's a lesbian. Like, that also was unnecessary. It was a that completely was useless. Yeah, that, was funny. that was funny to me. The old the white lady who ran the pharmacy, she's a lesbian. Look at her shirt and her, her, her pants and her hood and all this other stuff. Right. Um, so that's, what, that's, and that's another thing. I almost, I got to wonder, do you think hmm. Brandy was even necessary in this film? So I, her I'm character? Gonna, so I'm going to say, okay, so this is where we need to go. This is where this conversation is going to move. And this is what I really want to spend some time talking about. Okay, let's do it. This is the part that really got me about this movie. This is the part where, despite everything else, I love all the actors, actors, actresses, et cetera. When they start talking about HIV, this is what pissed me off. Okay. Because for a number of reasons. I think Brandy was a good offset character. I mean, the way they overplayed it, right? She's sneaking out and she's... Right. It was too extreme about how she was hiding. Yeah, that's super much. That's a whole lot. So that was extra. But this is the thing. I remember this conversation came about my group of friends we saw it the first time. Was, I'm going to just jump to the end of the movie. Apologies to you if, if you want to cut it. But at the end of the movie, that's why I was asking at the beginning of, I didn't know that was a separate woman playing Journey Smollett. Because what you end up finding out, as Panama just mentioned, is Brandy used to date um, the Onyx dude. And was that married was her, to. That was his was wife. Married was married to, right. Married and he to. was physically abusive, got her hooked up on drugs and these other things, which you had kind of heard earlier that that was what happened with her husband. And you could see him getting Journey on the cocaine and the rest and the rest. And then at the very end, when dude says, how come you don't have a man? And she says, because I have HIV. That is stigmatizing and real inappropriate. So as you know, I used to do a lot of HIV research also. And going to the World AIDS meetings, there's this huge social science component, which is about how stigma is as killing people as much as the access to medicine. Because, you know, people in different countries and, and other places, just it's a whole... And for that message to be like, I don't date because I have HIV, wrong right. message, right? It was. And, and, and that, the first thing, and she was like, or basically she said, you don't want to date me, I think, to the, to the husband. You don't want to date me, I have HIV. And it was like, Well, I Whoa. think, so what happened there was, remember, he tried to kiss her, and what she said to him was, what are you doing? We're not attracted to each other. Right, she like, said you're, ju- you're just going through this. So they're, they're laying there, they're after, so after they get through that. And, and they're, they're both really good-looking about- people, but not attracted to each other. But okay, I guess that happens, right. but woo. They are both really good looking people. And then they're they're talking, I guess just about life and stuff and how he didn't realize that she wasn't happy and all this stuff and and why she's a good and he's like, you know, just are you have you considered marriage again or all this stuff? And then that's when she's like, I have HIV. 
Right. As if as that, as, right. So you're right. As if it's I can a barrier. never be with anyone ever again. Right. And that is so stigmatizing and not correct. And in 2013, the medicines were really good too, where it's a whole different take. And then I'll get to what we talked about when I first saw the movie, because what really pissed me off about that part later is then, you know, he's sleeping with Journey Smollett, which that's when the husband gets worried. It's like, oh my God, he's giving her the HIV. And then later, of course, you find out, yeah, she gets HIV. So when you start looking at it, was interesting. I didn't know it was a whole different actress. That actress who played her when she was older makes it seem like the HIV that she has contracted has made her look worn down. And she has a limp, which is ridiculous. HIV doesn't give... significantly. Right. And it doesn't give people a limp. And the thing that you have to also balance, Brandy has had HIV much longer than she has, but is still looking like Brandy with no makeup, no aging makeup at the end of the movie. Either she had a good manager who said, let me tell you, or aging who said, let me tell you how Brandy gonna look on film. But it just gives you this different impression that if you get HIV from cheating with, cheating on your husband, number one, you deserve it. That is what happens when you cheat. And number two, it will age you and make you this horrid person because you made bad decisions. And so you got this bad HIV and you look horrid and you have a limp. And that take home was like, what? And as a scientist, HIV doesn't give you a limp. So that to me was like, yo, this is putting some stuff together that's going to be disinformation to the Black community. And that's where I think I really turned like gross on it. Well, I think that's why most people who hate this movie, because everybody you talk to that has an issue with this movie, it's largely where she get the limp from. Like, son, she has HIV, now she's limping. Like, it turns you into a decrepit old person. But it's also this weird time jump. So is it like 25 years later? Because Lance Gross is also older with gray hair, but he has like a little four-year-old kid. Like, he's married to a younger woman with a four-year-old kid. Brandy's still there looking just like she normally did. And he's married to a Brandy lookalike. stuff over the aisle. He's married to a Brandy lookalike. But he's not attracted to Brandy, and he's got this four-year-old kid. Right, exactly. Right. Brandy's in the store, still there, stalking things, and they all know each other because, you know, Journey Smollett, 25 years later, however much longer it is, she's much older. So I don't know if, I don't know if Tyler Perry is saying 40 is old and dead because, like, are they, like, I can't, you can't tell how old they're supposed to be. Not at all, because it looks like the HIV AIDS journey, but did her have an HIV age Lance Gross? Like, why does he look so old? Yeah. yeah, it's really that, that part. That part is really weird towards the end. And I think that so that's the stuff that I remember most about that movie. It's the the HIV part, the old aging part, like Lance Grove. Like I remember Brandy and it's just like I don't almost everything else in the movie. I completely forgot because the right. messaging was so bad on that part. Me too. It completely overtook everything else in the movie. Me too. That could have been too. decent. Like that could have been just a, a, a run of the mill lifetime movie that just took a really bad turn because that's exactly. that's what happened a lifetime movie took a tp took a tyler perry turn but i'm gonna give you even a better part the fact think if lance Gross was supposed to be a pharmacist which i would then assume he'd got a farm d he knows about the antiretrovirus he knows about medicine knows about certain conditions when he goes over to the house to save journey smollett and then he starts fighting dude and punching him bare knuckled you're yes. bringing cuts you're causing blood to be exposed you can get cuts on your own fist you know he's HIV positive, and this is what you then go and do? Like, come on, dude. Like, there's all these other parts. Because if you remember, when we were in growing up in the 90s, like, even on episodes of Law & Order, like, if they would see a body or whatever, they like, put on gloves because they might have the HIV thing, right? Like, there are these careful things. And this character, just knowing this, goes in and just does all this. It's like, 
you're mad that he might give your wife HIV, but then you cut him and start exposing blood and doing all these things that might put everyone else at risk? Come on. Yeah. Issue. I actually wondered if that was why initially why Brandy ran over there was like, get off, get off, like stop. He's like, you're gonna kill him. I was like, you're okay. gonna kill him. He got like three kill him. And then let's also be clear, he didn't look decrepit, old, and limping because he had HIV. Right. Only Journey Smollett, who cheated on her husband, is the one who, ooh, the HIV is different when you got infidelity. She's Wild. right. She turned into a spinster because she made bad decisions and she got left behind and everybody else. She she had to pay for her reckless behavior that this man brought into her life that took her into drugs and infidelity and alcohol yep. and all this other stuff. And it just aged her horribly because, frankly, this movie could have been, I mean, they were 26 around the time the movie takes place. They could have been 35. could have been 10 years later mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. I mean, he has like a little kid. Who who knows what happens? But right. it was just, that was just really weird. Wow. It was. So... Oh, and then she said this, and I'm going to say this, because in that last scene, too, what she says is, I've accepted my part in it. She does say that, yeah. And it is, again, it's victim-blaming. It, it just, it's, it's just so much about what, as a public health concern, we don't want people who get HIV to think, it's like, it's my fault I went out and got, like, that's, that's not how we want people to think about it. And even in these days of COVID-19 now, right? Like, did people put themselves at risk by going outside to the grocery store? No, like that's just not the way public health people view disease. And so I think that just was bad messaging, but it's church messaging. And we know that's, you know, TP's base. Yeah. So how, so how would you change that? So if we're in a writer's room, like, quit, because I think I would, I was surprised by how much of the movie I would leave in place. I would just fix the end of it. Like it's all that stuff at the end. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn her, I mean, well, I, I wouldn't leave everything because the messaging was, the messaging was stilted as hell. But, that's a good question. you know, like I just, I don't, I, yeah. I would I would remove I mean it's it's a Tyler Perry movie. There's gonna be very heavy-handed messaging going on, but it gets so ridiculous towards the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, it just goes so far. And that's where I would focus my attention changing. Like I'm so that's I gotta, get, I gotta I, get rid yeah. of that. Yeah. I gotta so get I, I gotta get rid of so, the parts where they're like zero in on her HIV. Like she deserved it. Like she deserved exactly. this for you being this like we got all that stuff has to go like all that has to go. I, I, if um, I was a writer, I would have her and her husband need to have a conversation because does he not love her at all anymore because she cheated once? I don't hear that. That's how other relationships go. That I would have had that conversation, and if she was nasty and like because she was high when he went and rescued her, right? But right. if that if there was a scene because it seemed to me as though they've been together since they were like nine years old. You don't just throw her aside. Because to me, the inference was that he threw it aside because she got HIV. I can't be with it, right? But if they had had that conversation, that could have been the new climax, not him saving her from him. The new climax would have been an emotional scene of the conversation about how much he loves her, what her cheating has done to him, and her having a realization of this man truly is evil because Brandy said it and I've seen it myself. And in some ways, even asking him to take her back, maybe. If that's what she wanted. Maybe she was over him. I think that could have put a different spin on it. Another way they could have taken it, if he goes with her to get the HIV test, right? And finds out, wow, she's positive. If that's your good friend who you've known since you're 11, and you may were married or you're mad, but you don't throw someone to the side at that point, particularly being a pharmacist who you have other clients that you're giving antiretrovirals to. I just feel like it could have taken a turn that would have been like, how to navigate a relationship in this, and not that you got to be together, but how to then talk about it and then move forward. I think that could have had some powerful features. So I would have eliminated the HIV angle altogether because you don't know how to handle it. 
Well, that's because it wasn't necessary. It it, it actually wasn't even necessary. It added. It was just like so. Tyler Perry. What I've noticed as I've been watching more and more of these movies over and over. So this is. I'm pretty much gonna have to go see somebody after this podcast (laughs) because I'm gonna. It's just so much. But he piles on the bad stuff. Like he doesn't just kill you once. He kills you ten times. Right. So. We already know that Harley is a terrible human being. We know that he's an abuser. We know that he's a, a, a he's a, an addict. He's all these things. Right. What does HIV add? Like it just it doesn't. You don't need that part to get to the same end of the movie. Like that's real. That's it real. doesn't. You don't. Right. You don't need that for her to even show up at the pharmacy. She could just be going there to pick up prescription for high blood pressure. She's still black. Like you that's don't good. need the HIV part, and it's irresponsible how they dealt with it. I so totally I just agree. cut. I, I would cut that whole thing out because it's unnecessary. Like it doesn't add anything. If anything, it takes it. It adds to the oh, this movie went Tyler Perry. This well, movie let me went say totally this. Tyler Perry with that. But this, but this is what I do want to say. So I agree with you. It could have been good for the. It could have been good from a public health pur- purpose. Thank you. If done because, right. If done think right. Think about it. When we were growing up, like think about us in middle school, high school, watching TV. HIV AIDS was on TV shows. It was in movies. Like it was this chronic running theme. Like again, I talked about Law and Order. Remember on ER. The two black doctors, they were both HIV positive, but were medical doctors. And that became, it was Eric LaSalle, get your soul glow on. Right. And they had to talk about why they had it and what was going on. And it just became a thing that, because when we were in school, particularly high school, it was before they had drugs that could treat it so people could live longer, right? And I think that with the younger generation, that message is missing. So younger people are like a little bit cavalier and free about, oh, it's not a thing. You can live whatever with it, blah, blah, blah. So I think if you're going to be an artist and and take on that message, I think there is a place for it because it is informative when people aren't thinking about it. But I agree with you what you said. It was irresponsible the way delivered, so better right. not left it out. It ain't Tyler Perry's it. message. Tyler, Tyler Perry's message is HIV bad. You did this. You deserve this. You deserve. You it. got HIV. God you're now you a lonely it. spinster. Yes, like yeah. you. Like this I is agree. a punishment. So that, that's how it was treated. Yeah. Right and. Because his audience is largely conservative Christian, yeah. like that's his audience. That is a welcome. My guess, I don't want to say it's a welcome message, but it's not. It's a It's not looked message. at as done irresponsibly. It's like, mm-hmm, there you go. See what happens to you if you if you don't if you act outside your character. Yeah, that's what you do. I will you know, say I'll, this, dude. I'll say this, dude. This scene actually hit me more powerfully this time than it did again in the theater when she came home after whatever she did with him or when. And and he wouldn't expect her husband home, and there was her mom with her prayer circle in her living room yeah. praying. That actually hit me way more powerful than I think it did when I saw it, you know, seven years ago. I was like, wow, she is here for her daughter. Prayer is real. And she loves her daughter that much to do. I actually thought that was again, and speaking of the good, I thought that was a well done scene. I actually really I was very did. surprised to see them there. It was it was it completely caught me off guard, like the hell there's a whole prayer circle going on in the living room yeah brother and the reason i say it really was powerful i mean again i woken up at my mother's house christmas eve this is telling too much and she was praying over me putting an olive oil cross on my forehead and speaking in tongues okay so like if you got a praying mother they are going to pray for you especially if they think you're doing something crazy and to watch that i was like wow that's powerful they really care and she i think responded as one would if you saw your mom in her coven of you know, friends praying for you. I thought that was a powerful scene, actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the changes I would make, I would, I would make, I would get rid of the HIV thing. I would, uh, because I I just don't think I don't think I don't think he would allow that to be done responsibly. So I'm getting rid of that altogether. I'm getting rid of that whole thing altogether. The end. I mean, but I think I think that's the problem with the end. So I think I'm just gonna 
I'm going to make Journey smaller her herself when she's younger. Like, we don't need the whole fake element of surprise. You figure it out immediately. Like, you yeah. know what's going to happen to me. There's no need for that shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make her the main person from the beginning. I'm going to fix the end. Am I, the, I think the question is, would I, keep, would I put them back together, though? I don't know. I would have put him and Brandy together. I would I would have I probably would because if we're going to stick it to her then we got to stick it to her all the way. But in my world Brandy doesn't have HIV so they apparently can date, right? So, you know like um so I probably would have I don't I think she still would have ended up single or she wouldn't have ended up with him because they would it have been too much for them cuz he's he's a little bit too much of a conservative too. Remember they he only wanted to have sex with the lights off, with the lamp, all this like there was a, he he is her too. They're the same kind of people. You know, he's just the story's about her, so we see her transformation. We don't see any transformation from him. But I, but you know. I would I if this is gonna sound crazy. I think he's a sucker dude that would have wanted to be with his wife. The way it all he led up be. to me he, is he that he would have wanted to be with her, nurture her, and take her back, and that she would have had these realizations of wow. Well, this is I think this with the HIV thread. I'm still looking at it because I think he could have done the HIV powerfully, and then he's like. I love you because of who you are. There are ways we could be safe. Like, anyway, but I'm making too much of that speech. But I think being a sucker dude, the way they presented him, and sucker is not a bad thing in the way I'm describing it, that they had been in love for so long that they could have been a way back if she wanted it to be a way back. Now, if they didn't want, if she didn't want it to be a way back, I think they should have had that scene that she makes it clear, even though he's the worst thing for me, I can't be with your slow country bumpkin, you know, lamp on ass. But I think that's a scene that is really missing. Because if you've been with somebody since nine, and that's the only person you've ever been with, like for him, that's the only person he ever had sex with. And for her, you know, she got him plus one. You have that conversation, I just feel like. But that, that, that's to me. Well, now that you put it that way, that could be why it's a bridge too far. Because they're literally the only world each other's know. And she, yeah. she broke that one thing. The one thing he's known for the entirety of his life is being there for him. That's no longer there. Maybe he can't. Maybe he just can't see her the same way anymore. Now you're taking it to the best man, <laughs> nigga. Her dick conforms to the shape. <laughs> conforms to the shape of my dick. You take it to that. <laughs> this dude is which way was also cornier, ridiculous. But more more this realistic, dude is but also way cornier than Morris Chestnut or Tay Diggs. <laughs> Let's be clear. He is, but what I'm, but he also when when he went to go get her from the from the hedonism party that's supposed to be like the the worst people on the planet, which just looked like a regular old house party. Don't tell yourself fan of mine. I mean, listen, I worked in nightclubs in DC. I didn't see it a lot. You know what I mean? And you know, they're outside and he was she was so cold, like she just didn't care. Like it was just a yeah. and it was, was like high. she was she was hot. She was. But I will say that that part was actually kind of I actually laughed a little because of the way he was like, you know, I don't I have everything I need here. Like I don't have to come back home or anything like she that. Did. She said, like, but wait, but I mean wait. it was it was so matter said, of fact. I just need my laptop. Girl, what's on this laptop that's so deep? You are at the in-house counsel at a millionaire matchmaking firm. What you need right. this laptop? And you're quitting your job anyway. What do you even yes. need a laptop for? Yes. He can get you a new one. He can get you a new yes. laptop. What do you need a laptop for? But I you know what? Need my laptop. Because it's a Tyler Perry movie, we needed a reason for her to go back to the house so that oh. Harley could throw her mama up against the wall. We there needed a go. reason. There you we go. We needed a reason. It? But everything else was perfect. He was just like, I mean, it was so mad. Like, I, I got everything I need here. I don't, I don't need to, you know, I'm fine, pretty much. But just so but we can just we can just separate now. But he didn't need to be with Brandon because Brandon didn't have nothing. What's he gonna be with her for? 
He didn't have, she didn't have nothing. She's making minimum wage down to the pharmacy. We don't know what his new wife with the four-year-old at the end of the movie was popping. Maybe she was a doctor. Maybe she was really an entrepreneur, a mogul in the making. She could have been a black Bill Gates in the making. Let's not put him with Brandy, who ain't got nothing but that little one table in her little apartment. So, so and let's let's talk let's talk about Brandy for a minute. That <laughs> first scene where she and I love Brandy. I love Brandy. Brandy looked really good in this movie. Like she really? looked really good in this movie. And but that first scene when she's walking home and I don't know why somebody be walking home if they're afraid the of getting abducted and murdered. But she's walking home. She goes in her apartment with the like eight locks on the door with the bat. Like the the, bat. the the intended fear you're supposed to get from that was so ridiculous. Just she has the bat and it's just like one. Why do you live in like a little Roach Motel studio? Like why are you still here? And because remember what she also said. He offered to take her home. No, I'll be fine. And then as soon as she walks out, you don't look like you're going to be fine. Right. You don't. You're going to be fine at all. Actually, like, you look like you're unfine. Take the help, okay? Yeah, I don't. It's just this is. I think in that universe, as you mentioned, the TV universe, this is how battered, formerly battered women now live, and that they are always scared, and they, you know, and I don't know what truth there is to that, but she still looked good the whole time she was doing it. And so again, I think she had a really good agent who negotiated her contract and said. Her face will always be beat. Her hair will always be done. And she will look glamorous on video no matter what the script says. And she was like, cool. That's probably right. Look, everybody looked really good in this movie. Look, again, Journey Smollett was supposed to be like homely at first. Maybe not not ugly, but just like, and she, they, she, she couldn't pull that off. Dude, she just I wrote looked a note. too good during the filming of it. It just didn't work. I wrote a note. This is one thing that is, always happens to Tyler Perry films. And the one that's unique. The one thing that always happens. No matter the guy, whenever they take their shirt off, there's a six-pack. No matter the guy in this movie, shirt comes off, six-pack. Boom. So, okay, he stayed true to that. What is unique about Temptation? Both of the guys are dark-skinned. Normally, you can tell who's the bad guy because he's (laughs) dark-skinned. But this point, I thought maybe the husband was going to turn bad at some point because he was dark-skinned. And he stayed good the whole movie. So, uh, that was the new... I think he just like Lance Gross as an actor, though. Yeah, I think you like Lance Gross because Lance Gross was also a Meet the Browns. Because of the six he was in another. Well, we didn't see Lance, Lance Gross. Never took a shirt off in this movie. Oh though. yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. When he took a shower at some point, or he, he was did? getting dressed for work. Oh yeah, he was getting dressed for work. Oh, he, he did. He did. He got out of the shower. That's right. He got. Out of, was like, he got out of the shower when they were it, on her birthday, and he forgot it was her birthday. She was getting all dressed right. up. That's, that's right. right. He sure did. He sure did. And it was like, oh, that's how you got the part. Okay, cool. I get it. But I just waited for the dark skinness in him to turn evil, as it does in many of his other films. But it never did, which is nice. That was a change. So I asked this question on every one of the podcasts. I'll talk about this. Do you think the actors get the script before they sign on, or they just <laughs> sign on and then they get the script? Because this script actually wasn't as bad in the early parts as right. some of the other movies, I think. It, but it goes so bad at the end. Like... It goes yeah. so bad towards the end. Like, no. do you think that they see these things and then are like, or are they just like, oh, cool, I'll do this movie, no problem? That's a really good question. I think, I, I do you think there's a read through before they actually start filming too? I'm gonna say no. And again, partly inside information. I know a few people that have worked over there. Oh wow. <laughs> Many as I was, I think some of them are loosely outlined scripts that the actors are allowed to take poetic license with to fill really? the scene. So almost a bit curb your enthusiasm which is like, so this scene's getting ready to go down where he has caught you at the house with, and you're with your lover 
now. Go. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I think, but, but I think, for example, like for Kim Kardashian, I think it was a great entree to film for her that no matter what the script was, she was like, oh, that would be great. Vanessa Williams, I guess she saw it and thought it was cool because... I think I think people just do favors. They're just like, oh, cool. I mean, it's Tyler Perry. Like, who doesn't like Tyler Perry as a human? You know what I mean? So they're I like, know. All right, whatever. Like, well, you know, Taraji has that thing. Um, I know you recently did um, the 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 Viola, uh, not Viola Davis, sorry, the I, family that prays with her in there. And I think that was early in her career. But she gives this talk about how Tyler Perry was the first one to pay her what she was right. worth in the movies. And that's why I think that she feels like I will do whatever he does or ask me, and he will continue to pay her appropriately. So. Whatever he's paying for his big ticket stars, I think that is their going rate. And they're like, hey, thank you for respecting that. Or maybe even above their going rate, but thank you as a Black director, producer, writer for respecting my skills, and I will come and do your show. And then if you were a reality TV star, you might say, well, maybe it all came down to the editing. Maybe they they thought the script was good and did the editing (laughs) and what we saw. Yeah. I mean, I kind of look at it two ways. I mean, one, you know there's going to be a huge number of people that are going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if even if it doesn't end, it's a Tyler Perry film, it's going to be viewed. People are going to watch it. But the people that will view these... with the film critic lens or people that will take in the movie for what it is and enjoy it without that critical lens. Well, I think that I think it's mostly people that are going to watch it without the critical lens, which kind of helps you out because people exactly. aren't judging you. They're judging the message like, oh, I like that movie because of the message. Therefore, everybody's performance was good. Yeah. I agree. So. It's like you don't really lose anything by being in the movie, maybe because the people that are actively watching it are largely going to enjoy it because it's a Tyler Perry film. Exactly. For the most part. I mean, there are, I mean, there, listen, this movie got, I don't know who does the Rotten Tomatoes thing, but it, it got murdered on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But some of these movies, they always have the same opening. I think it's about that coin. I, 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 as we talk, I think that coin, because I've, I've been to, um, I haven't been to any of his plays. But I went to some of the other black plays like Vivica Fox. She used to have a slew of like black plays that were touring black theaters and they bring in like old R&B stars from the 90s to be the main characters and they sing these amazing songs. Right. I've been to a few of those at the Atlantic Civic Center and it is, like you just said, you're going to bring it on, it is always packed. Now, it's not Shakespeare. We don't want it to be Shakespeare. It's not Baldwin on stage, right? But it is a good time. Everyone enjoys it. It's got your church thieves. And it is just a good time for black people to be out and be in our culture. And I think that's how his movies are. And I think if you give that right coin, and okay. See, I think all of his movies work better as plays because there's always music. The emotional core is usually some song or something like that. Like, a lot of the things that are said hit much harder in a play format because of the way that you do, like, Chitlin Circuit plays. Well, you right? see, this so you based get based on a play. This was based on a play. Yeah, it was the, the Marriage Concert. Right? A play called The Marriage Concert, too. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So what you said, I want to go back to what you said about uh, kind of the improv nature of some of these things. Like, yeah. Here's the scene, just kind of talk. That yeah. that makes some sense. It's okay. funny when I was watching it though, my first thought was like, I wonder if anybody is allowed to go off script. <laughs> like, are they saying like this Tyler Perry just this bad at writing? Because the movies are very consistent across the board, which is kind of scary, which means that nobody's good at improv in his movies. Like nobody he nobody he put except for people who are good, like Taraji, because she's so um extra, just in yeah. general, it works because she yells a lot, right? She's just throwing one-liners and stuff like that. So it can work. But if that's not if that's not what you're good at, if you are more of a actor actor as opposed to a uh, performative actor, so to mm-hmm. speak, then it looks very just dry and rigid, right? So I it just comes off. Those, I think the scenes between Journey and Kim could have been loosely written, easily, probably. Right. Probably. That, would, that sounds about right. 
because it's Kim playing Kim. I think some of the scenes between Ella Joyce and Journey could have been loosely written because it is you be overhyped church mom and you want to pray over your daughter and you but be Ella Joyce is a good daughter. actress. She's good though. Like exactly. she's able to she's right? able to do it because Rock was coming from Rock a live, live studio sometimes. audience, so <laughs> she was day, able right? to like deliver that stuff well. And so they Ella did Joyce the live Rock ability. shows on occasion. Yeah. Yeah, so they had that ability to kind of go off script where necessary, but right. still being still being in in your zone while you're doing it. So she was able to deliver those lines, even if she was making them up as she as she went. She knew what right. she was supposed to do. And as mentioned, I love the haves and the have-nots. I love it. I watch it religiously. There are scenes that are obvious that they are just talking. I mean, right? <laughs> they say the same thing over and over. Again. Oh, really? Yeah. You mean that? I do. Oh, damn. Huh. So, right, this one, the movie was better edited, but I think I think there are some scenes that probably were loosely cut like that. I even think the fight with uh, the husband and the dude from Onyx probably really was a little bit loosely written. You're mad, you go in, say things, and defend your wife. Oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Oh. Let's talk about this, because this brings up the... It brings up the Key and Peele skit, actually. Remember when they were walking the journey with her husband walking down the street and the guys had hollered at her yes. and he didn't go back and fight them. And it comes back later that old boy, the Onyx dude looking, was gonna Ready like to kill that white boy on the immediately. Thing. Speak on this. Talk to me about this as a man who has a wife. And you know, your wife is pretty and you know, you know, she's friendly. Tell me how that what was that messaging like for you in the movie? Because I was like, here we go. What's your, so what you I thought that? that scene, yeah, I, <laughs> in my head, that scene was ridiculous. And it was it was clearly intended to be there to show what kind of man he is in yes. preparation for what kind of man he is. And in my mind, Although he's like, jacked muscularly, like jacked. <laughs> but he is one man. And there were several whose yes. first words to his wife were, that's a fine bitch right there. So these are dudes without any moral compass. Yes. Who knows where this is going? This is This is a world star <laughs> video waiting to happen. <laughs> so he made the right decision, baby. Let's go. Let us go now. You get in the yes. car. We are leaving here. Whereas in the other Did you scene, believe her response? Did you believe her response to it? Being she overly angry? Bad? Did you believe it? Yeah, I mean, we saw that in Crash, remember? In Crash, Tandy Newton's character was no. pissed. Now, but the thing, but no, I don't different think realize what happened. No, no. Yeah, yes. Beautiful. But I don't, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that Terrence Howard realized what happened to Tandy Newton while she was standing out there. Maybe he did, but I thought I wasn't surprised by I've been in a situation before like that where where I was with a woman who got really upset and went oh, above and beyond. And that was the reason why I stopped talking to her. Actually, I was like, yo, this she gonna get me killed at some point. Right. Because, you know, the I key know and pill skit I'm talking about. Right. Where Ogre's like, you ain't gonna say nothing. He, you, you know, yes. the key and pill skit. Right. Yeah, I know exactly. Okay. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so okay. but the reason why that scene is ridiculous, is because the next time you see that kind of thing happen, she gets hit by the dude on the bike, a white corny dude on a bike. <laughs> And then he's ready to go kill this dude. Like, it's not the same circumstance. It's oh, not the same I, see. I see what you're saying. I see. Right. I see. It does, it's not a parallel. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's a dude on a bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I and he's got glasses. It's a dude on a bike with glasses. The other ones, the other scene was at nighttime, like three black dudes right. who immediately call her a bitch. I mean, like, right. it's so extreme. You know what I'm and saying? And he's it's on a bike with a helmet. So he is a really careful dude on a bike. You're right. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. It's not parallel. Uh, it doesn't work. But, they, but so, they still play them against each other. But you're right. It's, yeah, but, it, but it's, it's not a parallel. So it's like you you can take from that, oh, like, he's ready to, right. he's ready to, he's ready to go when need be. Right. Of course he is. Like, now, and, and the thing is, in it. that scene... She fell for it, though, right? She fell for it. Right. You actually needed them to switch scenes to get what you wanted. You need Harley to be the dude against the three black dudes who are angry, because then he could have right. gone to fight and got shot or whatever. And right. then what would have happened in the other scene, Lance Gross's character would have been like, oh, it's 
my baby, you okay? Uh, sir, just please be careful. Pay attention to where right. you're going. You, you almost hurt my wife. You know, and they could have kept them moving and whatever, like would have, you know. You know, and also interesting, if the dudes didn't even hurt his wife physically, I mean, they said some verbally assault, but if, right, if, even if he had even, because now she's physically hurt, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't, you're right. Those Those are the kind of things that you're going to argue about. Yeah, you're going to argue about that, about the response, but you have to assess the situation. Like, is it worth both of us dying in this scene for your honor? Because there's a chance that could happen. We don't, the first thing these dudes say out of their mouth is that's a fine bitch. Like, they're actively antagonizing immediately right. and it's three what's up. gonna ha- how is this gonna end you know what i mean like right. we're about we're at the car let's just go like let's get out of here like let's go let's me and you fight about this later let's not fight them about this let's just fight let's me and you fight we can live with that but let's not do that so i did i took notes and i was like this is a ridiculous scene like i know why it's here but it's so it's it does it shows him as kind of a meeker individual who's not he's not as protective as his wife would want him to be because right. she says it later she's like you know she says something about feeling protected. She mentions right. that specifically. Right. Anyway. All right. So let's get into, let's get into a couple like like category type stuff. So would be what's your MVP of this movie? If there's an MVP in this movie, what's your MVP? My MVP movie is Journey Smollett. I think she looked good the whole movie. I think she played the part she was given. I think she transitioned from good girl to bad girl. I don't like this old this other actress who's playing her at the end, but I think Journey Smollett is the star of this movie, and I think she does her job well. I think. Okay, my MVP of this movie is actually a scene, and I have to set this up. I have to set this up because, like I said, I didn't remember the plot of this movie for real. I didn't remember what happened, so everything except for the end was basically brand new for me. So there's one particular scene when it happened, I laughed so hard because I didn't see it coming. So it's the scene where Brandy and Lance Gross are talking, and she says something, I had to leave Harley. And he realizes that Harley is who he, and he just yells Judith twice. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. I wrote that Judith. It was the ashtray scene of this movie. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Dude, I laughed so I actually had to pause the movie because I started laughing so hard because it makes no sense. He just starts yelling her name and we had Brandy don't know what's happening. She's over here like, bro, what, what the fuck? Like, what is, why are we yelling your wife's name? Judas! Judas! It was just, it was so I laughed so hard, bro. I forgot like, about that part, but I'm uh, when I was watching, I was like, this is the ashtray moment. And this movie. This is oh my gosh. That was so I I had I rewound that because I just wasn't ready for it. I didn't know it was coming. And the way that he did, like, it's like Lance Gross forgot everything he knew about acting yeah. and just started screaming her name because yeah. in the yeah. in the script it says scream Judas' name. He was like, well, how? He was like, can you guys give me some direction? Nah, bro, just scream. Nope. She's like, right. He's like, funny. fuck it, all right. Judas, Judas. That's funny. Oh, That's funny. That, that, that was hands down. Hands down, my favorite part of the movie. No, wait, now and, and Journey Smollett, how how good she looks. She looked great but, in the movie. I thought that was wonderful. But if I'm gonna do MVP scene, it's the scene where Journey Smollett turns back on Vanessa Williams, and I looked you up. And what are you doing with this phrase action? You from Georgia? And what if Vanessa Williams said, "Bitch, get out of my office"? <laughs> Whatever right. she said in her regular. <laughs> but that's right. funny. You got MVP scene. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your least? Who's what's your least valuable? Whatever. What's the LVP? Oh, man. Um, Because for me, it's the the HIV stuff. It's just hands down, bar none, 
how irresponsible, like how That's he a turned her into it, a decrepit, yeah. decrepit a old woman. Yes, that is what I despise most about this movie. So I'm going to go with that for sure. Really yeah. irresponsibly done, and particularly with a community that's disparately affected by it, it just mm, wrong message. Yeah, because mo- like most of the characters, there weren't a ton of people talking in this movie. There wasn't a ton of well. So if I people. had to say a character, I'm going to say old honest looking dude. Like to me, it was. I mean, he had two notes: I'm smooth, and I'm evil and angry. And the one thing I also kept thinking about, I was going to ask you about, when he, even when he was smooth, I kept writing down to myself, oh, yeah, that's game, that's game, that's game. Like, he thought his game was so dope. I was like, is that game? Uh, you've never yeah. had sex with another man before, have you? Is that game? I don't know. But so he would have been, if I had to pick a character up down, but of the movie, you got it. That HIV, the way they dealt. Messy. All right. All right, let's, let's do the celebrity report card. So Journey okay. Smaller, what do you give her? What is the score? What's the ranking? What are we going? One to a, 10? A or? through F. It's a report card. A through F. I give her A. We give her A. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of her yeah, career. I, yeah. I want her career to win. <laughs> I think I'll give her an A, too. I think she did a, she did a decent job. In fact, the only thing that I'm going to give like a, an F here is the last 17 minutes of the movie. It just it was so bad. Um, I mean, Lance, Lance Gross, Gross gets... He gets a C. He gets a C. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's not gonna get an A, but okay, he's a C. To but me. he he also played a ridiculous role. Like he played one note. It was a one note role of the small town small town guy who doesn't want much. And then what his wife. It's like help me with what else he's been in, so then I can do a comparison. He was in the movie Meet the Browns. Uh, non TP like movies. He's been in <laughs> non TP movies. Let's see what Lance Gross has been in. He's got credits, bro. Uh, I believe it because I knew his name, but I just can't call it. He was on. Uh, he's been in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. He was in the House of Pain. So he's been in largely. He was in Our Family Wedding. That was like his movie. Uh, he was okay. the main character. Um, with what's the, what's it? America Ferrara. What's her name? The um, oh yeah yeah from Ugly Betty. Yeah yeah yeah. So he was in that. Oh, you he like him a, from the Bobby Brown movie. You like him from the Bobby Brown movie. Okay, I'm caught up now. I mean, he's... I know why so you're one of those. <laughs> you like him from the Bobby Brown movie. I'm with it. Okay. He's one of those dudes who, who I think because of how he looks, he gets roles, but because he's not a great actor, he doesn't get good roles. He doesn't get better roles than he probably otherwise would. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't right. have the, the he acting looks good, he's got the six-pack. We're ready to go. Yeah, okay. I mean, he was, he was an athlete at Howard. You know, he was like a track star. You know, he was a... HBCU grad. Yeah. Love it. Um, Kim Kardashian. She played Kim. She could have been worse than how she did. I'm gonna give her a B. Yeah, I'm gonna give her a C. She was <laughs> even if those are improv lines, they were wooden as hell. Okay, they um, yeah. Vanessa Williams. <laughs> no, here's the thing that's tricky. I love Vanessa Williams, okay? But I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say a <laughs> I want to say an A, but I'm going to say a B because what role she played was like silly. But I go B. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I mean, she's. I give her a B. I didn't. I didn't hate her role, but she didn't add much either. But whatever. And maybe fine. she was supposed to do a bad French accent. So if you're supposed to, she did that well. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Ella Joyce. Love me some Ella Joyce now. Yeah, she's she gonna get an A for me. Just That's an A. Top. She, she, she did her job. <laughs> Love me some Ella Joyce. Okay. Yep. A for me. She did her job. And uh, Brandy. So this is where it's tricky because this is post Moesha Brandy. So we know that Brandy has acting chops, right? She but does. You're fighting, but you're fighting with the script. Or lack thereof. 
or lack thereof. So I still feel like in those moments, Brandy could have still done a little bit more. I'm gonna have to give Brandy a C, and I love Brandy, but she's a C. Yeah, I think I think a C feels about right. Like, because if, if she could have pushed it more and had some more scenes and elevated the emotion of scenes, I'd have been like, yo, she's killing this. B or A. Yeah, it's just but. she. You know what? She she had a lot more one lines than she had conversations. It was That's just. It. That's it. You know, it wasn't a performance so much as it was just a presence That's to it. move a scene along. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, I don't, he's not really a celeb, but I'm going to throw him in there since he was the main character. Dude from Onyx? Dude from uh, Robbie Jones. Dude that looked like he was from Onyx. Uh, again, again, he would have been my LVP for a number of reasons, so I'm going to have to give him a C. Because I think he either went up or he was down. I didn't see the gradations in the middle. To me. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, I'm fine with the C. Wig report. We got to do a report. Got to do a okay. report. Because I'm going to tell you, while watching the movie, I was like, Ella Joyce is going to be the wig report. But it wouldn't be a bad wig report because church ladies, like my mother and her friends, love a good wig. So I was like, well, I do love okay. a good wig. Until, like you said, until we got to the end. So oh describe the wig at the end because that's what wins the wig report. You go ahead and describe it. It was so, like Ella Joyce all the way through until the very end. For some odd reason... <laughs> Tyler Perry decided to put Lance Gross <laughs> in a wig with a hairline pushed back, a sort of box, a, a, a rounded off box. Little gray. Little with, some gray. gray <laughs> with some gray. Like, totally unnecessary. And the thing is, the point of this was to show him to being old. The whole point of this yeah. was to make him old. But why is he old? Like, what, like why, and, and why is this? Exactly the same. Remember that. <laughs> and his wife is mad young. Yes. His kid is mad young. Like, what is the purpose of making him old and, and creating this ridiculous wig that, oh, my goodness. He pushed Ella Joyce right off the metal stand in that last moment. And I was like, He did. He came through. He, he passed her right at the end, right at the finish line. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was so bad. It was so bad. And it was so stupid and so pointless and unnecessary. Like, most of the bad wigs and in, in his movies. Yeah. As, so, as well as the whole other actress for Journey to My Lab. That was also unnecessary. That, that was same scene. Yeah. When when the movie started and I real and I knew who she was supposed to be, because I started, you know, I started watching it. I remembered some of what the movie was about. I'm like, okay. It's like, dude, I don't remember this this fake Journey Smollett character, but oh, this is supposed to be like the okie doke later on we realize this, but it's stupid. We know it's her from the beginning. Like this whole shit is telegraphed. I like there's it was the no same you actress don't. until the beginning of this podcast, and you told me it was a different actress, <laughs> which is so stupid. So I mean, basically, that whole character is a wig. Like, why is she even there? Like, <laughs> thank, you, thank, like, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's something that would have been fixed in the writers' room. And I mentioned that earlier. Like, why are we even doing this? Like, it's been like, uh, like why, why does everybody else get to be older but me? Like, why do why do I not get to age? Why do we have a whole different actress for me? This this is this is stuff like that okay. is the reason why Tyler Perry movies become the kind of laughing stock there because it's unnecessary uh, dude, like, that you, line is so that, great that whole character is a wig yes like, you take <laughs> it's like we take that you take the you take the audience for granted like they're not bright enough to figure this out right you know what i'm saying like immediately you you have this woman talking about i had a sister but there's no sister you ever see in here it's not it's not two girls running around nowhere it's dude, just her benjamin and her mama. button the special effects they did in benjamin button now tyler don't have that money but but you gotta make a whole nother actress be this journey smell it it's a it's a lot it's a lot. So ridiculous. She is the so wig report. That other actress is the wig report. She's the wig report. That, that's it. Through and through. That's All it. right. Any other, any last thoughts, any parting thoughts about this film? Things you need to I get mean, off your chest about it? 
we got, I mean, my, again, the real part that really got under my crawl was the HIV descriptions and how they talk about it. And I think, again, with the way it affects the Black community, and you know, as you know me, I play a part as this, doing science, but also being a scientist activist. Because as a Black person that understands science, I translate it to my family, my friends, because right. we all like engage with the medical community differently and don't trust them and the rest. And there are parts that are them doing right and trying to do right. And so I just feel like when someone who has a strong audience puts out disinformation in such ways that it will be taken up by a large group of us, that always just is cringeworthy because it's like, now we got to fight more to get us past this. And so that to me is for all those that are watching, again, can't, you know, you're not a bad person if you're HIV positive. I think I just want to put that point out there. And if you are HIV positive and you haven't found out there is medicine that can extend your life and you can live productive lives. And I think that's the message that needs to be out there for our community. All right, well, where can, I mean, most of the people that I have on here are writers that have clips all over the place, but what do you have going on worthy of note? Like, what, what what's going on in the world of Dr. Manu Platt that we need to talk about? <laughs> this is your platform. Share with the Black community and the other Shut people up. that will be listening. I love Black people. So, um, at Dr. Platt Lab is my Twitter handle. I don't tweet a lot, but I do tweet out important things. Um, and then if you YouTube me, YouTube, just do YouTube and look up Manu Platt. Um, I've got some things, because another part of what I do is I'm trying to increase the number of black and brown people in science and engineering and getting PhDs and advanced degrees. Um, so there's some changes we need to make. I love to mentor young people, love to bring young people in. I run a high school research program, as you know, at Georgia Tech. You do. That yes, you do. I pay them, black kids, to work at Georgia Tech. And so all of that money is raised philanthropically, called Project Engages. So again, that's where I am, Manu Platt. YouTube, Manu Platt at Got Tech, find me. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to get the number of us looking like us in these higher science regions so we can do problems that help us out. That's the thing. Yeah, let me say, while you're here, you have two really good, like, speeches. Like, one is a speech, the speech uh -huh. you gave when you received an award a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Was that the diversity thing? That or? was a diversity award, exactly, yeah. Okay, so that's a really good, it's like an hour, but it's like a fascinating hour of just like it's, it really is riveting i love that but then you recently were at yale i guess before all this went down before all the before everybody was trapped inside their homes yes. um because of covid19 and you did the, you did this discussion up there and i was like this is fascinating like it's one of those things you watch your friends do these things and you're like man this is actually my boy this is great to see these people who are in such high positions like because we again i said this earlier we don't really when we all hang out we're just the homies who met when we were you know, 17, 18 years old. And we yeah. just, you know, it's just your brothers at this point. So yeah. when you see your friends in, co in professional capacities doing cool things and talking about work, it's really dope. So for anybody, I would recommend checking out on YouTube. They're both available on YouTube. And um, yeah, man, even as somebody who's known you, it's fun watching that stuff. It's fun watching Appreciate that. that. When you sent me that note, it was really like refreshing. Like, oh man, my friend who does social things thinks that was a good time. So thank you for that. It was. Yeah, check it, it always out. is. All right, well, that's going to conclude this episode of What If Tyler Perry Had a Writer's Room with Dr. Manu Platt. Uh, temptations, not as bad as I remember it, and then more worse than I remember it at the exact same time. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. This